Welcome to Inside Groove, the only motorsports show where super modifieds are king, methanol is aromatic, and the drivers carry their balls in a bag. Inside Groove is powered by IPC Indy, creating performance parts and solutions for the automotive, aerospace, and communications industries. Here's your host and fellow superholic, Tom Baker. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Inside Groove Super Modified Podcast. My name is Tom Baker. I am the host of this show, and this is episode number 92. So we'll um, have a little fun with that later on with what's in a number. And I uh, want to thank you all for joining us and hope that you enjoy this show. Camden Prowl going to be with us here shortly. Camden uh, Camden and I had a chance to uh, record a segment. We went through the registrations as they currently exist uh, for the 2022 season at Oswego in all three classes and kind of had some conversation about some of that. And Camden also happened to mention, or I guess I brought it up, I think, um, that uh, Otto literally going to be doing some time in the TQ Midget for Jason Simmons. Um at uh, the Syracuse indoor race and uh, Camden added that uh, Bobby Holmes was also going to be a part of that. Uh, That's a formidable lineup if there ever was one. So that should be fun. Um, And because he talked about that and talked about the race show that's coming up this weekend, uh, I decided to see if I could kind of hustle this show out before, um, you know, before the weekend. So that's, uh, that's the plan here. And so we're going to do what's in the number. Uh, but, uh, also, uh, I thought we would do something different too. uh, a little later in the show didn't have other than Camden didn't have a guest scheduled. And, um, I, I happened to be going through a, a box and found a couple of programs. I don't even know how they got in with the stuff, the other stuff that was in the box, but, I found a program from 1972 uh, that I had. And so I thought it would be fun since this is, uh, <laughs> I'm recording this on Thursday, which if, if you're internet savvy, um, it's hashtag TBT, which is, that stands for throwback Thursday. So uh, traditionally this is the day everybody uh, puts a bunch of old pictures or whatever um, on their uh you know, their internet stuff. So we thought we would, uh, I thought that we would steal from that and do a little bit of a throwback. And I, because I, I realized when I was looking at the cover of this program, um, I realized that that's 50 years ago. (laughs) This program came out 50 years ago. I'm holding a program in my hand that was printed 50 years ago. That's half a century for crying out loud. So when I, when I realized that, uh, I said, you know what, maybe it would be fun to just go through the program and kind of talk about, I'm like, there is so much that we could sort of reflect upon and talk about that's in this program from not only the, the night that, the program came out or I guess it'd be the week before that it talks about, but you know, just again, within that framework, you know, I'm sure there's a bunch we could, we could just, just think back upon. So, um, 
I th- we're going to do that too. And I, I don't have a name for the segment, but uh, we'll just, you know, call it throwback. Um, and uh, I guess, and uh, if somebody has a better, <laughs> a better name than that, then <laughs> suggest it to me. Maybe we'll adopt it. Uh, but, um, you know, I thought it'd be fun once in a while just to take a break uh, and do something like this because we're always getting new listeners here and younger listeners who obviously weren't around in that time. So kind of fun to go back and think about the history. And this was even before I started going because I didn't start till 73. So um, we'll, we'll do, uh, we'll do that here too. So uh, with that, um, I'm going to just step aside. We'll do a little business with you and then uh, we'll come back and Camden will join us and then we'll get into our final segment and um, flip through the program and do what's in the number and all of that. So um, we will be back with Camden Proud and the official kickoff to this week's groove right after this. Hey, here's a little fish tale for you. It's about a place named Skip's Fish Fry. Skip's Fish Fry is located at 42 West 2nd Street in Oswego. They're open Tuesday through Saturday, 11 to 7. So don't call them on Sunday or Monday. They're gone fishing. They are open Tuesday through Saturday, 11 to 7. They serve a variety of great fish, burgers, Hoffman hot dogs, conies, lobster, soup, salad. They even have cheesecake if you feel like some delicious dessert. I love their haddock pieces. That's one of my favorites. Uh, And they just have great food. It is the best fish in the Port City. I'm not just saying that because they're a sponsor of the show. It is one of the first places that I go to eat every time I'm in town. So call Skip's Fish Fry or go visit them on their website at skipsfishfry.com. And by the way, you can order online and just go pick it up. It's a great way to go ahead and take care of the not-so-fun part before you get there. And then when you get there, just pick up your food, bring it home, and enjoy. Skip's Fish Fry, 42 West 2nd Street in Oswego. Go visit them. Welcome back to The Groove, and we have once again found Camden Proud. It seems like it takes us two or three shows all the time to to get in sync with Camden's busy schedule and mine. Uh, Happy to have him back on the show, and Camden, it is the 10th of March as we record this, and registration's coming in hot and heavy for the 2022 Oswego Speedway season. I want to kind of go through what you have um, today. And I'm going to start with the um, SBS division because uh, that division and the 350 division, there were a couple of kind of surprises in the registration uh, list that I saw for, for those classes. So let's start with SBS and let's talk about Who's already pre-registered for the SBS division in Oswego in 22? What's it looking like? It's looking pretty good so far. I'm I'm really encouraged already by two more full-time rookies, and I know there's going to be some more on the way. Um, these registrations that I give you, there's probably a lot more in the mail that just haven't been picked up yet and, and aren't in the sheet, but, but we're off to a good start, so... Uh, Joey DeStevens is going to be a commitment car this year in the 05. That's his second year back. Uh, 14, Mark Denny, commitment. 18, Andrew Shartner. Sounds like he'll be coming up a few times yeah. from North Carolina again. 23, Dan Kapazinski, commitment. 27, John Carson is a rookie, and he's going to be a commitment car. 
And his dad, Jeff, owned the Carson's Car Mark yes. 27 when Joe Gozik drove. So that's kind of a cool Oswego Speedway tie there from way back. And now few, another family member getting involved. Yeah, he had a few guys in that car over the, the year, if I remember. I think he had Dave McKnight at one point, and gosh, who else drove it? Uh, Joe Hawksby. Joey ran it in a classic one year, I think. Um, okay. And uh, but yeah, uh, I think Joe probably Gozik was probably the the one everybody knows or remembers in the car. Um, and of course, the Carson family, Jeff's mother and father, Jeff's father ran the popcorn stand at one point at uh, the Speedway in the oh, really? concessionary. Yeah, <laughs> Fran Carson sure did. And um, and also. Uh, they owned Carson's News for a while. That was a newsstand that was on uh, Bridge Street in Oswego for for a while. That's actually where I used to get the programs when I was little in the 70s. They'd drop them off, drop some copies off at a lot of the, the newsstands, and I'd always go over there and look through all the racing games to find the best two numbers so I could win a free pass so both my parents could go one week. And <laughs> Yeah, so the Carson yep. family actually has a... A long history, and I should mention here, too, while we're talking about this, um, that uh, Robert Metcalf, who is the, I guess you could say, owner or founder, however you say it, of uh, the Oswego Speedway 60s, 70s, and 80s page on Facebook, Robert um, is, uh, I think Fran was his uncle, if I'm not mistaken, Um, and um, he is... um, he has been fighting cancer for for a bit here and um, mm. having some health challenges. So um, we want to uh, wish he uh, and his wife uh, and his family all the best as he uh, deals with that. Yeah. So I saw that uh, this morning actually on uh, on the page, and there is a GoFundMe there because they need a little help with medical expenses. So those of you listening, uh, if you're a part of that page, um, find that post and. Um, let's do what we can here to help Robert out because he's obviously a huge uh, fan and proponent and, and he's the one responsible for all the uh, driver street signs that uh, adorn the Albany Street Speedway area there. And so, uh, yeah, but that's uh, that Robert is. I know that Fran, I think he was his uncle um, that, that uh, so, um, yeah, good place to fit that in. But um, interesting that John is uh, – I had thought that uh, he was actually because Jeff, I had talked to Jeff at one point uh, last year and thought that uh, John was going to get a 350, but um, uh, starting in the SBS class, which I think is a good idea. I think so. Yeah. And he's starting out with a great car. That was the car that AJ Burnus drove last year to, I believe, a second place in the the classic. So really good piece, FFB chassis, great equipment and perfect to start out. And it'll be interesting. He's, He's been around Oswego his whole life, but yep. only has go-kart experience. I'm sure he'll catch on pretty quick, though. Had a little experience in at Evans Mills and looking forward to seeing how he does. Well, and I'm I'm sure it'll be fun for Jeff to, to get back to the track, too, because uh, he loves yeah. it as much as anybody. So, um, you know, it's, that's cool. Uh, who else we got there? Tony DeStevens is the other commitment rookie right now, driving the 24. He was out a couple times last year. That's the former Tim Barbo car that Dave Cliff oh. drove. So that's a really strong race car. And Tony's won a lot of quarter midget races, as is his brother Joey. Uh, they're both really good kids, really hands-on. And it's nice that 
we're we're gaining not only two but potentially three weekly SBS competitors with the Stevens family down the road because the youngest Nick is looking to get into an SBS also oh, at the, some point or wow. another from what I've heard. So that's uh, they're going to be busy. If that keeps going, they could have their own heat race. Yeah, they could <laughs> just give them yeah. their own heat. That's great. So that's uh, that's awesome to see that kind of uh, participation out of one family. Uh, and so how many do, do we, did we miss anybody? There's a few more. 49 Josh Wallace will be coming back for oh, his sophomore season. We registered our cars. The 54 will have it out a couple times. 66 Derek Hilton, another second-year driver, is commitment. 73 Noah Ratcliffe, last season's Rookie of the Year, commitment, and I think a future winner this year. And 86 Brian Haynes will be back, I'm guessing, for a handful of shows. Not a commitment car as of yet. Yeah, it's uh, probably tough for him with his work responsibilities to make all of the shows, but I'm sure he'll make as many as he can. And, okay, so you're bringing your car out. Who's going to drive it, Camden? We're talking about it. We just got the new crate motor in last week, and my dad is definitely going to run the full Small Black Super Championship Series that Danny Kay has put together. Nice. That was kind of, you know, we wanted to get this car out, and and we sold our other Super and wanted to – put a little of the money towards a crate motor and a little bit towards the three. And it it just kind of was the perfect opportunity when we saw that Danny was doing this series. So my dad will do the two Evans Mills races, Chamon and Lancaster, and then we'll put somebody in it for the classic at a Swiggo. I don't know if I'm going to drive that yet or not, because we just want to focus on the super and feel like we have a car that can, can win that classic. So we'll probably put our focus there, but there's, there's two weeks at a Swiggo where there's no super racing, but there is SBS racing, and we're going to talk about it. It'll either be Dad or I for those two shows. Interesting. All right. So the 54 coming out of the shop in the SBS division. Got to love that. All right. Uh, <laughs> any more? Did we miss any? That's it for the SBS. That's it. Okay. Well, that's a good start, and we know there's a bunch more that obviously um, either haven't registered yet or you just, like you said, they're – um, sitting there waiting for you to discover them. So we'll, uh, right. it's an excuse to bring you back on the next show to update us. Um, okay. So the 350 division, um, let's talk about who's pre-registered there. Sure. Yeah. 23 Kelly Spalding, the commitment car again this year, 23 F Danny Kapazinski, really excited for flak racing to be moving up to the 350 class. It sounds like they'll have that car out later in the season, hopefully around classic time. And that's a former Stephen Joya super. Oh, okay. I had heard that there may be a 350 for uh, for Danny, but didn't know what it was. So a former Steve, okay, I wonder which car that is, because he had a couple. That car, oh man, a lot of people have driven it. Um, I think Johnny Treacy, it might have started out with, with Johnny Treacy was the 91, but most recently it was the nine and they picked that up last month. It was a total surprise to me, but I think it'll go really good as a 350 car. It had some success with the big blocks and I'm excited for, for Danny. He's proven that he can be obviously very competitive in a super with very little oh, time yeah. on a car. So um, now with probably a full-time campaign for 2023, getting his feet wet at the end of this year, 
it's going to be pretty exciting to see. It's a 2000 Steve Joya chassis that started with Brian Sweeney. Oh, And okay. from there, it was with Ray Graham yeah. and John Treacy before going back to the Joyas in 2006. Okay. All right. So it was the old Sweeney car. I got you. Okay. The old Sweeney car. Yep. Interesting. Well, that'll be great. Yeah. So I, uh, is Danny going to just do double duty full time then? Or what? what's the, do we know what the plan is? I'm not sure. I'd imagine he'd kind of focus on the, the 350 next year, but he has this SBS series too, so maybe that'll keep him in, inclined to be involved with the SBS class at least to some degree for next season. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, certainly capable of, uh, well, I mean, we know he's capable of an SBS championship, but uh, yeah. we've seen yeah. that already, uh, but uh, would be capable of a 350 title as well if uh, if he ran it full-time, so that'll be fun. Who else? Well, by the way, can we have a 23 and a 23F? I guess so. Okay. I haven't I haven't heard otherwise. I mean, there's, Interesting. there's been so many times where guys have had the same number and we've yeah. attached a letter to it for scoring, so it should be fine, I'm sure. Okay. Interesting. All right. Uh, who else we got? Uh, the 31, Nick Barzee. That's, That's totally new competitor yeah. to Oswego. That's the one I saw that caught my eye that was like, wow, really? Okay. Yeah. And uh, from what I read, it's an old booth chassis. Do we know the? Do we know any more specifics than that? I don't really. I I kind of was asking him about it. He didn't have too much history. He didn't have any pictures of it. So I'm trying to dig up a little more on where that's been, what its history is. They've had it for a while, but they that's going to be a commitment car. And they spent quite a few years with the Race of Champions Tour. He ran. Yeah ran modifieds for a while. So this is a, a pretty good get for a Swiggo to have those guys and looking forward to seeing how Nick does. Well, of course, and Nick is uh, Nick's father. Bobby was a former racer at a Swiggo. Right. And uh, of course they and the Muldoon family are uh, connected. So um, that's uh, going to be good to have Nick out there running and uh, interesting that he's coming back in the 350. I love that. That's that should be a lot of fun. I don't really know. I know that he did run mods a while. Um, not sure kind of what his more recent history is, but um, I guess we'll learn that as we go. We'll see if we can try to get him on a future episode here, but uh, certainly a great addition. And, and uh, I'm sure the car will look like a million bucks because Bobby is a very good, um, very good designer painter. Um, I know we're into wraps these days, but uh, I'm sure he'll he'll still have something to do with the uh, the design on the car. Um, but that should be that should be fun. And it's again, we love seeing new faces in these places, right? Because we need um, we need more. And so, a uh, brand new driver to the division, just like we have a couple in the SBS class as well. So uh, that that helps increase the car count the right way. Um, and that's, that's definitely a good thing. So that'll be fun. Who else we got? The 32 of Bobby Holmes driving for the McLeods again. And that was quite the debut last year, winning the classic and his first ever super modified start. I mean, that was just unbelievable. You know, I was watching him during classic testing that week and he can just flat out drive. So really, really excited that the McLeods have decided to put him back in the car and, um, he'll he'll be one to watch this year. Seriously, he he put on a show, and I know he started from the front row, but he 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 put on a show that that does not take anything away from what he did. That was just incredible, really impressive. 
Now, is that is he a commitment car? Is he going to run full-time? They, they plan to hit all or most of the races. They didn't register his commitment, but I think that they'll be there as much as possible. Okay, because I know he's uh, he had told me when we had him on the show a, few, a couple months ago, he had told me that um, he's got a, 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 a young son who's racing, I think, go-karts. And yes, so yep. he, he was trying to retire, but then he got in that <laughs> car and, you know, so, uh, he did leave the door open that if Tom wanted him to come back and run it, uh, you know, he would, he would give it serious consideration. He really enjoyed it. And like you said, it was a pretty spectacular debut. So, um, yeah, that, that would certainly, that team would have to be a favorite for the championship with, you know, given, the way that he ran in the in the classic. Uh, who else we got? Seventy nine Talon Hawksby, and that's Joey Hawksby's son, who has oh, spent wow. a lot of time in quarter midgets, and I believe they are finishing up a Hawk three fifty. <laughs> well, of course. Who do you? Where else do you think that they would go for a car? Of course, uh, right. Um, right so. This could start an interesting trend, couldn't it? Um, yes, it could. I yes, it wow. Could. Joey's got a kid old enough to race at a swiggle. That's unbelievable. Um, <laughs> I uh, think he's fifth, fourteen, fifteen, okay. fifteen. I want to say. Well, I would think he'd have to be because isn't there a fifteen-year-old? Isn't it a? Isn't that the age limit for? Um, or do they even really have one at this point? I think. I think somebody named Camden blurred that line a little while. <laughs> yeah, back. I did. Uh, I yeah, did. yeah. Um, so uh, who knows where it is now? But that's well, that'll be fun. Um, Seventy-nine is a weird number for the Hawksby camp, though. That's uh, definitely not two or twenty-two. So um, that's no. that's interesting. We'll have to. I think it was his quarter midget number, oh. maybe because of Otto. Oh, maybe. Okay. Sure. Yeah, that could be too. That would make sense. Um, Speaking of Otto and off the Oswego subject, but I saw this morning that uh, apparently he's going to run whose car? He's going to run somebody's Jason Simmons car, maybe at uh, Syracuse. In Jason the... Simmons, yeah, Friday and Saturday TQ? night in the TQ. That'll be so fun. That'll be cool. Yeah, that'll be fun to watch, uh, and I'm sure it'll be something different for Otto too, because uh, you know he's 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 run a modified a time or two, run dirt a bunch, run Oswego. Um, run Isma. Now he gets to jump into TQ and go, I think this will be his first time. So that should be, uh, that should be fun to watch. That racing is definitely, um, super tight and super aggressive. And I think sometimes a little too aggressive, but, um, <laughs> anyway, uh, that'll be cool. So, uh, who else we got? Anybody else that we left out? Yeah. Just a couple more. The 88 chase lock as a commitment car this year. And that's oh, good. huge for the speedway. Yeah. That's huge. That is huge to have him going uh, and committing to run all the shows because um, that's uh, that that's actually very interesting. Wow. Okay. So there's a championship threat to be sure. Um, yeah, absolutely. And at 16 years old, and after what he did last year, he never missed the podium. No. <laughs> he, he ran there just a few times and, and was on the podium every single time. I had the chance to speak with Chase last week and do an article for the website and Really nice kid, super humble and super talented. A lot of fun to watch. Well, yeah, he's he definitely has uh, has the ability to go to the front, and he's shown it every time he's gone to Oswego. I mean, he he could just as easily have won at least twice last year, uh, and you know, just didn't didn't get there. But um, 
but I, yeah, he definitely is a, that's a great addition. Um, and who else? Anybody? Fern Lefebvre in the 97 will be commitment again. He had some hard luck with his new car last year, but I sure hope he makes it to victory lane this season. I think everybody, I mean, I, I would be, I honestly would be almost as excited about seeing Vern win a race as I was when Steve Miller's car rolled into victory lane a bunch of years ago, you know, Vern's been through so much and he's given so much that uh, you just, you really want to see him get a win. Um, I did not hear you mention anything about um, any cars uh, out of the Mike Bruce RBI camp. What's maybe they're in the next stack. Perhaps, you know, they've got at least one over there because you know where it came from. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I talked to Mike last week and I think he's planning, planning on focusing mainly on the 350 this year on the, the warrior, I guess they, I guess they call it. I can't keep all those cars straight and all the cool nicknames that they have (laughs) for them, but that was the, the stout car. Okay. The one that he won the championship with, finished last year with, and he's going to run that full-time, do as much big block stuff as he can on the side, and was not too sure what he was doing with my old car yet. Talked about maybe letting Robbie try it as a 350, but wasn't sure if he'd get to it this year. I told him, we'll toy with selling my spare engine to him. We'll give him a good deal, take my car, and go run the three Isma races at a swiggle. So, We'll see. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, it'll be interesting to see what develops from that, because obviously at some point, you know that Robbie's going to be ready to, to, to jump up. I think I think he wa- wanted to focus on the SBS again this year and get another year under his belt with that, but wouldn't yeah. be surprised to see him if they have – the ability wouldn't be surprised to see him in the 350 a couple times if that's what they decide they want to do. Um, and certainly, I think your car would your old car be a great 350 car. Uh, oh, I think so. I think know, it'd be really good. Though, uh, you know, it's interesting because there's so much, there seems to be so much changeover that gets required to go from a big block to a 350. Um, I don't don't know kind of how you evaluate. Obviously your car was a, it was a pretty darn good big block. Um, You know, you were just, it it was probably a generation behind. Right. But I um, think so, you know, but it, but it certainly ran fast. I mean, you know, uh, so you would think it would make a good three fifty, but you know, again, there's a lot of, a lot of things that are different between the, the big block and the three fifty. So, you know, it, it's always interesting to see how the cars translate, but um, sounds like we could be upwards of with the new guys, um, 15 or more of the three fifties. I'm, I'm guessing per week. I'm thinking easily that. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Just looking at who's registered so far and, factoring in a couple of new guys and also those that haven't registered plus we're we're working with star speedway and and 350 smack pretty well here to try to make sure we don't have any major conflicts obviously they're unavoidable to some degree but i think that you're going to see a lot of new england guys continue to come out so we should be looking at 18 to 23 50s every week wow okay that's that's really good and and obviously we know there's a couple new guys the sbs so probably i would guess the same or or same there yeah yeah i mean 
Um, so the, you know, the big question will be the big blocks. So let's talk about the big blocks. Where are we at so far and, uh, what seems to be on the horizon for those? Well, I don't have quite as many big block registrations so far, but we do have a few commitment cars in and the first being Jeff Abel in the 05. Awesome. The seven, which is registered right now to John Nicotra racing. And the plan for that is it's going to be a backup for Allison Slode. She's also registered. It has plans to run six races for sure, including two of the three Isma shows for John Nicotra. Otto will prepare the car. The seven will be her backup. And if Otto wants to get in it at any point during the season, which right now it doesn't really seem too likely that he wants to do any Oswego stuff, then it's there for him. If not, John and Otto will make a decision together on who to put in the car for the classic. Uh, two words, Brian Sobis, please. Um, <laughs> I know. Just, yeah. just yep. give the kid a shot. Uh, but um, if or I, Andrew Shartner, Brian Sobis, or, or Andrew, Andrew yeah, either yeah. of the two, really. I mean, but you know, Brian with his super modified experience, you put him in a car like that and give him, you know, a little bit of time to test and and get his act together. Um, that that's a that's a potential winner right there not oh absolutely brian's a heck of a driver you know i i just i think he is absolutely the best driver to not have now and and i don't want to disrespect the mike murphy effort that they had or brian's own effort but i think both in both situations um not for any reason related to them or the you know, the teams, but, you know, just not quite the uh, resources to keep up with the top dogs, though Brian certainly did run well in the classic in the 60 until I forget, I think something happened. Somebody ran over him or something and it. Yeah, something like that happened. Um, I don't remember, but he was he he might have had a shot at that at that race. So um, I'd love to see him get a shot. If Otto's not going to run it, put somebody like Brian or Andrew in it and, and give them an opportunity to show their stuff. Who knows? Uh, what happens from that but uh yeah that's uh that's interesting and good to see allison coming back for sure um you know and i and i know that that uh uh when when i last talked with john um he was adamant that he would have two cars in the classic so uh that would be the explanation allison and and whoever Otto or somebody else in the seven so um that that's that's interesting okay uh who else we got we have, let me see here, 16 Craig Ravals, and that is kind of interesting. I guess 16. he's going to run a few shows this year, oh. and that's kind of a, <laughs> I don't really know what you call the car, a one-off, I guess. They had a picture of it posted in the shop, oh. and it's a, it's a Hawk Aggresso, I guess, if you want to call it <laughs> something. <laughs> Hawk Aggresso. Half and half, but it's he's going to run a limited schedule, and then it'll be a backup for Logan when he's not running it. But that's that's neat. He hasn't raced in a while. The last time he did, it was Isma, and he's got a couple of swiggle wins. So that's a, a former feature winner coming back for a few shows. Now, if he's going to run as the sixteen, there ought to be a there ought to be some sort of a rule that Steve Miller has to work on it. it has to be a miller car (laughs) um that that number has always been about steve miller um but uh that's interesting okay well so we will have two ray vowels then at least for some shows is what you're saying right yeah that's right cool okay so there's another car in the field that uh we desperately need who else we got 
22 Mike McVetta will come out for a few shows from Ohio, which I'm also really happy about. Yeah. Mike showed a lot of speed at Oswego last season. He led early on. I think it was in a, a twin 35. You know what? No, he, he came for the twin 35s, but it was one of the pre-spring classic races. He, he was very fast. I think finished first or second in a heat and then led the first several laps of a feature. So okay. they're starting to hit on their Oswego stuff. And, I, I think Michael will really have a shot for some good solid runs this year in the top five. He, he's he's really hit on something with that car, so I'm glad that they're going to be making some trips out here to Oswego. Mike loves it. Mike Mike told me he loves it when he was on the show. He was really excited to be able to to make something work with Oswego. Golly, I mean, I just it's that's one of those situations where you look at you know gas prices or whatever and you say okay i hope this doesn't get to <laughs> yeah. a point where i mean and again we i'm not going to go political here but just to say that you look at that and that's a situation where you you hope that it doesn't get to the point where you he looks at the price of a tank of gas and goes i just can't justify spending that right um I know. you know i, I mean know. a lot yeah. of the guys obviously are local fairly local to oswego but there's a guy right there that you really you want in your field he's a popular driver everybody enjoys seeing him run he's a great guy um and you know you need that you know crosstown traffic as as they that we say um you know and and need to to see those ohio cars and new england cars um, and you, you, you know, that's one of those deals, you know, when you think about the, the price of gas, I mean, can, you know, can I right. get across, you know, down the way to the store? Sure. Can I drive to New York? That's a whole different deal. You know what I mean? Seriously. So, yeah, it, yeah. it is. My dad and I were talking about it in the shop last night and I, I was laughing when you said that because we specifically mentioned Mike and my dad says, geez, it's going to cost him like a set of tires or yeah. more to go back and forth. And that's just, it's crazy the way things are right now. And hopefully by summer it's better because it's already an expensive sport and for these guys that are traveling long distances to come and support us i hope that we don't have to go through what we are right now with the gasoline prices well i don't know i mean it uh it sounds like uh looks to me like there's no slowing down anytime soon i think uh i think there are people who want to see it skyrocket for for their own agenda and uh so, you know, oh, that yeah. between that yep. and the part shortage, um, you know, and, and, and all of that, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's a crazy time. So yeah, that, that there's a guy right there that you just, you just open Bray. He's still able to find the way and, um, and, and be excited about coming in because you need those guys. So that's good that, uh, he's intending to come out and, and, uh, and, and, and run for a number of shows. Um, who else we got? We got another guy that we have to hope the gas prices go down for because Ryan Locke's going to come from the New England area every week and be a oh, wow. weekly Oswego modified competitor this year. So well, that's another big one. That's huge. I guess that makes sense. If Chase is coming, you just bring Ryan yep. too. But uh, yeah. boy, that that's that's again great addition to the super modified field. I felt so bad for him last year because oh, I know. first time I know. out of the box, and you know he ends up. Uh, I don't remember what happened, but he got caught in somebody's mess and just wanted it. And uh, that 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 was a shame. So I hope that uh, hope they have a better year this year for sure. Uh, And yeah, you're right. Uh, Even with the New England 350s. I mean, you just got to you got to be thinking about all that with with all this mess going on. Um, So that's good. Who else? 44 Vic Miller racing. I'm not sure what's going to happen with that car yet. 
I've heard that Chris Purley is kind of going to scale back a little this year because he's so busy with uh, Marina. I've heard that I've too. I've also heard that Michael Barnes might be in the car for some races, both winged and Oswego wing. I don't know what that's all about. There's rumors that Sorrell Racing might be scaling back a little. I'm I'm not sure. Oh, wow. That's all speculation at, at this point, but I can say it on the show because everywhere I go, that's what people are telling me. So if it's out there, um, <laughs> well, if it's out there. <laughs> so we'll see I, what happens. I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised because uh, Mike has run for Vic. And if Chris is stepping back, then you'd think Mike would be at least first offered, whether he accepts it or not would be a different matter. But I would think if it was offered, he would accept. And um, I don't know how much they're going to run. I mean, you look at uh, even the ISMA deal with that show in Michigan and, you know, here again, you know, you, you, you plan this big show and you've got the Midwest, the MSS group, um, that's fairly close for them, but you know, ISMA is also in on that and it's a two day deal, but you're still driving right. halfway across country. Right. So I know, you yeah, know, I know it. it's, um, you look at, you know, it's, you just got to kind of look at all of that and, and wonder, um, you know, how, how that works out. But uh, I, I mean, it wouldn't be surprised to see Mike uh, in that, in, in that car, but the, obviously the Oswego deal would be a bit more of a surprise if, um, if Eric and the team were deciding to, to scale back, uh, that would be disappointing. Um, it though, would. though good to see that Mike still is, has a car to drive, but um, wow. Okay, so we'll uh, keep our eye on that and see how that Something works. Something to watch. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, who else you got? 52, Dave Danzer commitment, 54, Camden Proud commitment, and 94, Logan Rivals commitment. And those are my last three for now. And I bet you were the first one to register, were you? You could, probably yep, could. Yep, I was. Yeah, I was going to say, probably <laughs> yep. could get you as soon as you got a hold of the Didero 3, you were like, uh, we're getting this registration in right now. Uh, yeah. Camden had a nice Christmas uh, this year, for sure. Um, how's that car coming along? What's what's the story here? It's coming along really well. I'm super comfortable in it now, and we spent all last night getting the, the graphics on it. We're going to take it to the Syracuse Motorsports Expo this weekend. Oh, nice. I'm thrilled with how it turned out and really want to thank my Uncle Chris Proud at Integrated Marketing Services in, in Liverpool for knocking this one out of the park and for all of his hard work this week. Now, so did Chris actually do the graphics? He did. Yeah, oh, he came nice. and laid them all on and and designed them for us. It's it's pretty similar to to Doug's scheme. We we really liked the red and white with the stripes and oh yeah, kind of stuck with that theme and just made it our own with our spot. And I think it's the best looking race car I've ever had. So I'm really excited to take it to the show. Wow. Yeah. Well, it certainly uh, certainly is going to be a great opportunity for you. And I know that you and Doug have been in touch quite a lot and work very closely together. Uh, yes. And uh, so, you know, you've got uh, as good a mentor as you can possibly ask for. Uh, Absolutely. To, you know, to, to kind of make that transition. So that's really cool. Um, and looking forward to seeing what happens there. Um, yeah, should be interesting. I think, uh, you know, you, we, if we can uh, get Craig Rivals there and, um, you know, we've got Ryan coming in, so maybe we stay 18 to 20, um, 21-ish, 22 maybe at times, right. uh, big blocks somewhere in there, I think is where that puts us. Um, kind of thinking so. about 
the ones who you haven't uh, gotten registrations from that we know will. Uh, but um, yeah, it'll be uh, should be a fun season. I'm excited about it. Uh, I feel like is this a reduced? This is a reduced schedule for the Oswego Big Box, right? I mean, we're down to like what seven races? Nine, including Nine? The classic. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it is a little reduced to make room for those wing shows. Um, you know, I don't want to say I don't like it because I think the wing deal is great. I wish we could race a little more. We we have a a great race car, obviously that. We would like to race more than <laughs> yeah, nine times a year, but you would. <laughs> what, what are you going to do? Uh, we'll put the wing on it for the July and August shows and go have some fun with that. And right now, I guess we, we have to do what we have to do and just look forward to the nine races we have and, and, and make the best of it. Yeah, it's a toss up. And then I feel like, um, you know, I, I feel like it kind of goes back and forth. There's, there's a, there's a, there's one, uh, kind of, uh, one theory or one argument that says, um, you know, it's not worth investing in a big block super to just run nine shows. And then there's, there's another argument that says run less shows, but make them all bigger, which is kind of what they've done. Um, exactly. So I guess, you know, I don't know which is, I mean, obviously I'm not involved in that, in that sense. So I don't, I don't know which is right. Um, but, right now i kind of feel like at this point um maybe less can be more at least for a short time and with the three wing shows you know as i as i've said uh if you don't get 30 cars to those races something's wrong um something's very you know, wrong yeah. everybody's been yep. crying about money and purse and whatever and you know so here there's it is. your purse there it is it's there you know there's three of them so um, you know, go get you some and, you know, everybody ought to come out. Cause that's really, uh, that, <laughs> you know, John and the team have put in a lot of hard work to make that, that series. And, um, you know, as, as I, I'm sure you've heard, uh, the, the show that we did with Danny and he's his version of, yes. or his vision of what, um, he wants to do with Isma and kind of how he sees, you know, what, what ought to happen, I think is, is spot on. And, um, now you've got, um, the new series becoming a new series again, uh, with the name change and the, and the, uh, the new logo and all that. So we have that up there too, in new England. So, um, plus of course, uh, the, the folks at, at MSS and, and, uh, the job they're doing out there in the Midwest. So, I mean, it's there, um, it is, you know, yeah. it's there. There's, ne- there's not been a year with more big buck shows than this ever. So, you know, um, hopefully we'll get them out of the garages and, 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 and I hope the weather's good. And of course, you know, then you hope that the rest of the mess, uh, um, gas prices and whatever, you know, you hope that doesn't get too crazy. Um, cause you'd hate to see this recipe and then have that kill it. Right. So, I know. you know, we're just all kind of on pins and needles, I think, but certainly it looks like it's, it, it's got the makings to be a really, fun year at Oswego and I'm glad to see that that you and 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 I hope several of the Oswego guys um will throw wings on and and go run John shows because I think we need that we need everybody to go support those um and then we need a good crowd in the grandstands too and I don't that one's gonna be harder one I think uh but we'll see I it's it's just um it's kind of interesting to contemplate whether 
you know, okay, we got a big wing show. We're going to have 30 cars. Everybody who's everybody's going to be here, you know, is how, what is the recipe to get more people in the stands? That's, that's really the next, uh, the next step there. So hopefully that works out well. Cause, um, you know, I want, I, I love the idea of that three race series. I do think it breaks up the Oswego schedule a little bit in a way that's good. And it gives Isma and, um, you know, the rest of the, the top wing, uh, folks, an opportunity to, to come out and show off and, and, you know, I agree. man, yeah. the King of Wings last year was incredible. So, Oh, it was great. You know, yeah, I totally agree. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I'm excited to see the schedule and looking forward to hopefully a, a nice warm, sunny summer for all of you guys up there and, uh, and, and no rainouts. We need no rainouts, uh, nope. get everything in. So, um, what else, anything that we missed, uh, Swiggo Speedway news wise that we should talk about here. Just the Syracuse Motorsports Expo this weekend and the indoor racing Friday and Saturday night. I just read that Bobby Holmes is going to be in the other Jason Simmons TQ. Oh, boy. So he'll be Otto's teammate. But on Sunday from 10 to 4, we'll have my super, Noah Ratcliffe's SBS, Paul Fly's super stock, and also the Oswego Carway will be represented by Madison and Savannah Simmons. So we'll be there all weekend. Come and see us and come to the races. Sounds good. Sounds like a lot of fun. So uh, we're going to hustle this show out so we can get it out in time to get that message out. Uh, and so look forward to that and uh, look forward to a great uh, Oswego Speedway season. And uh, Camden, as always, it's uh, a, a blast to uh, talk with you and uh, I know how excited you are about what you got underneath you for this year. So uh, really, honestly, uh, hoping that works out well. And I know you'll show it off with um, with great humility at uh, the show this weekend. So thanks for coming on and uh, keep us up to date on what's going on at the Oswego Speedway and uh, hope to talk again soon. Will do. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate it. That is Camden Proud back with more of the groove after this. Okay, folks, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors here on Inside Groove, Indy Performance Composites. They're a premier composite design and manufacturing company creating performance parts and solutions for the automotive, aerospace, and communications industries. Jeff West and his team are amazing. They do all kinds of work in the motorsports industry from dirt tracks to NASCAR to IndyCar, super modifieds. It doesn't matter if you've got something that you need designed or fabricated. Let them help you transform your idea, your vision and your budget into a workable, high performance solution. They have all kinds of services from 3D printing to finishing services End-to-end composite solutions is what they are. Check them out, ipcindy.com or indieperformancecompositesinc.com and tell them that the folks from Inside Groove set you. All right, welcome back to The Groove as we continue here with this episode, number 92. We'll get to what's in the number in a moment, uh, but... I thought, as I said in the open, I thought that uh, I found a couple of old programs, and one of them was from 1972 that happened to be in a box of stuff I went th- was going through uh, earlier this week. And uh, so I thought it'd be fun just to take a look at what was going on back in 1972. And, I mean, as I, as I said in the open, it, it's, it really sort of 
startled me to realize that the program I'm holding in my hands was printed 50 years ago. That's half a century. I just can't get over that. That's it's crazy to think that um, that much time has gone by, honestly. Um, So I thought it'd be fun to do a throwback and just uh, I don't really know where this is going here, but uh, I, I hope you enjoy it. I, I, uh, and if, if, if you like, if you like this, then uh, we'll, we'll do more of this because I think it's kind of fun and especially focusing on, I don't have, I don't think I have all the programs from 72, but I think I have several and uh, it's fun to go back 50 years. My gosh. I mean, it's just stunning. Okay. So this program happens to be uh, it's volume nine number five so i guess i always i i I always took it that what what's strange is it's the volume i guess i want to say was i don't even know because i don't know i never quite understood what that was talking about i i would guess the number five refers to the fact it's the fifth race or the fifth program of the year um but i don't know about volume nine because i don't mean did they start printing programs in 1963? I mean, does it go back that far? Um, maybe it does. Okay, so you open the program, and um, and again, I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on the advertisements, but I, I think it is kind of cool to just look at the companies that were involved, and and maybe some of you will know some of them. Um, I don't probably guess I know most of them or remember most of them or ever knew what they were. Um, Generous Jack's High Performance Parts is the inside front front cover. It says, uh, the famous home of the generous deal. <laughs> so I guess uh, I guess that would be low, low prices. Uh, they are out of, uh, out of Syracuse. Do your high-performance shopping where Central New York's professionals do, is what it says. Um, there's a Coca-Cola ad on the next page. Um, Prudon, Prudone Equipment out of Central Square. Wheel Horse, the one with all the power. So I guess they were a wheel horse dealer. Um, some sort of brand of tractors or uh, that type of equipment. Everbright Paints out of Minetto. No idea who they were. Fowler's Sunoco, Sunoco Service. Um, that's in Hannibal. I don't think I ever knew them because... Back in those days, we certainly wouldn't have ventured to Hannibal. Um, no reason to. Angelo's Corner Store in Fulton. Bergen's Men's Shop in Fulton. I don't remember that either. Uh, Marabado's Supermarkets. There were two. Cayuga Street and Broadway Street back then. Fulton's Leading Food Stores. You got another page of ads. Harrington's uh, Harrington's Arco. Um, I think Arco was, yeah, I guess that would have been a, like a Sunoco, like a brand of gas or a convenience store. I don't, I don't know. Um, but, uh, major and minor repair towing open seven days a week in Mexico. Um, Ethan Allen, uh, Brown Davis furniture. I remember that Shapiro's had an ad in there. Remember that too. Shapiro's men's store. Um, Thomas motor lodges. I had, I would have never, if you'd have said to me, I remember now seeing it, that they were, uh, before, I don't even know what they are now. What's the brand they are now? I think there were, they've been a couple different things. Wasn't one of them a days in, I think at one point, I don't remember what they are now, but, 
um, Nights Inn, maybe? Is that what they are? But uh, those are the two hotels on the east and west side. Um, and uh, they were nicer back in the day, I think, than they are now. Uh, and there was actually a Howard Johnson out west on the on, attached to the one out west. I remember that, too. I remember eating there a couple times. Raymore Chevrolet, um, Central Square. I don't know if that does that still exist. Did Caprera buy that? Caprera owns about everything up there. So uh, I, I don't know if Raymore's still around. Um, OK, now we get to the good stuff. Uh, here's the feature recap. Oh, Don McCla- this was the this was the week. Um, this was the program from that details the, the race that Don McLaren won his first ever Oswego Speedway win. Um, our good buddy, Mike Silliman's probably so stout with his memory that he could tell me the exact date out of his head that this program was from just by knowing it was the one that McLaren won. <laughs> but, um, that was at Bowie's first win too. It was a 45 lap feature. Uh, Bob Seelman of Lansing, Michigan, jumped off to an early lead with his car 74. Up through the field came Doug Sire in his 72, and he put himself out front on lap four. Doug began opening a huge margin over the rest of the field when the big battle was shaping up for second. Kempton Dates, Don McLaren, Norm Mackrath, Baldy Baker, and Jimmy Champagne began dicing it out with each other, putting on a fantastic show for the capacity crowd. I love that phrase. Shortly thereafter, Mackrath and Baker were forced to the pits with problems. Sire continued to open the lead over the rest of the pack, but on lap 30, he began slowing quite noticeably, and McLaren was just about to take the lead when a caution flag interrupted the race on lap 33. As the cars were being realigned, Sire headed to the pits with oil pressure problems and was forced to sit out the balance of the program. Um... McLaren picked up the front spot and now had the challenges of Jimmy Champagne and the eight ball to contend with. Many times Champagne would pull alongside, but Don managed to keep the flying five out front and came up with every trick to remain the leader. Down to the wire was Don McLaren and the flying five home first, marking his first feature win ever at the Oswego Speedway. Big Daddy Don got it done. The flying Scotsman, I think. Wasn't he the flying Scotsman? Uh, Champagne took a fine second spot in 800 bucks while Kempton Dates turned in his best performance ever with his 28 pocketed 600 finishing third. Rounding out the top five were Jeff Bodine in the 99 and Jim Winks in the Ernie June 59. Jeff took home 450 bucks. Jimmy was awarded 350 for his finish. Now, I'm not going to read the dollar amounts uh, for the rest of these, but I'll read the rest of the feature finishing order. Finishing sixth. Bruce Kraft in the 87. Jim Gray in his own car, 31, finished in 7th. Bernie Grant in the 17 was 8th. Tommy Rose in the 4 was ninth, And slamming Sammy Carista finished 10th in the 30. Uh, Daryl Peckham in the 44 was 11th. Ronnie McLeod in the 91. Oh, there's... Now I have no idea what that car is or was. But Ronnie McLeod, 91, finished 12th. So stack that on to last week's uh, drivers who drove a number 91. I had no idea. Um, I don't know what car that would have been, but uh, Ronnie finished 12th with it, whatever it was. Kenny Bartholomew was 13th in the 71. Bobby Stelder in the 04 finished 14th. 15th was Rapid Ralph Denson in the 67. 16th was Sire. What a disappointing finish for him after leading so much of the race. Bobby Seal in 17th with a 74. 
Ray Sand, 18th in the Steve Miller Sweet 16. Jim Muldoon was 19th in the 23. Um, Baldy Baker in the 93. That was the Miles car, I think. Finished in 20th. Norm Macrath, 21st in the 40. That, I guess, would have been the Hagen Howard car, I think. Um, and maybe that was the one. Didn't, didn't one of his cars have pink wheels or something? Wasn't there something about the wheel? I think there was, I think there was a car with pink wheels that he had. Um George Boss in the 33, no idea what that car was. Maybe somebody can tell us. Um, finished 22nd. Red Barnhart in the 66 was 23rd. And Ronnie Wallace in the 9, that would have been the Steve Joya Sr. car, finished in 24th. Heats were won by Macrath, Champagne, and McLaren. Sire and Macrath won the semis, and Baldy Baker won the Concy. How about that? Baldy Baker in a Concy. Um Boy, so much you could talk about just from that page. Um, the fact that it was Ed Bowley's first win, and that was, of course, uh, they had purchased the Swift car that Swifty ran from, what, 68 or 69 to, I guess, 71. And then Swifty built the new one for 72. That was, I think, when he first, the first time he tried to retire, uh, there's no, I don't see him in the lineup. So I think it was cause wasn't it Bobby Stelter that he put in the car for a brief time and then just decided that he would, uh, come back out and drive it himself. Um, then tried putting Ronnie Wallace in it the next year. And the same thing happened. Swifty just could never, he always liked to have other people in the cars, but for whatever reason, he just didn't feel like the feedback was the same as if he was driving it. So, um, it, uh, I think it was kind of a frustration for him uh, in, in that sense. So, um, gosh, Jeff Bodine, fourth in the rear engine car. That car has been restored to its Indy car roots um, and was at the track the last time I was for the Classic, I think. I think it was the last time I was up there for a Classic. Um, when? 2018 2019 i think it was 19 um and i uh, had a chance to interview the, the the guy that owns it so uh yeah that was that may have been jeff's best finish with that car uh had a lot of problems with it i think um and then jimmy winks in the ernie june car now there's another story jimmy um he was still fairly new had only raced a swiggo a couple of years i think he started with I think his first ride was um, with uh, Jim Sewell, if if I remember right. I think Danny and I talked about that. Um, and it, so nice to see. That was interesting that he had a top five run with the June car. That car could run pretty good back in the day when when it uh, when everything was right and it had a good driver in it. Um, and uh, interesting just to see some of the different names. You know, Bruce Kraft was a guy I always thought was a pretty good racer. Uh, running his own car. I really don't know if he built that or kind of what the origin of that was, but a uh, nice sixth place finish. Um, Jim Gray with a nice run. Bernie Grant um, uh, in the 17 car. Um, Tommy Rose in the four. And I always wondered now, here's something that one of you out there would know. So here's a, here's a question. Um, cause I always thought, cause I remember there was a point, uh, 
where you had Tom Rose in a four car and Gary Kelly in a 22 car. And then all of a sudden, Gary Kelly is in the four. So here's my question to the audience. So I'm going to I'm, I'm polling the audience here to see. Was Ralph Wissing the owner of the four car at the time that Tom Rose drove it? Was that a Wissing car or was it a different four? I always wondered about that because because eventually it, it was like they swapped rides or something. So um, I, I was always curious about that. So maybe somebody can tell me, um, you know, Daryl Peckham, a nice run that night. We talked about McLeod a little bit. Rapid Ralph Dems- Denson. He, sometimes you leave a legacy for, for unfortunate reasons. And uh, I think Ralph falls into that category. Um, Ivor the Driver reports. Let's see what was going on that week. Ivor, of course, was the rumor mill um, at, at, of the time. Uh, the news and, and and rumors column. That was, I read that first. Every time I would get the program straight to Ivor the Driver. I always wanted to know what he what was going on, what he had to say. And that was true even in the beginning when I would get programs. I was like five or six and could barely read, but I always wanted, because I, I figured out pretty quick that that was where all the big scuttlebutt was, right? So, and I always wanted to see who he picked to win. Of course, in 73, when I started half the time, it was champagne. But um, let's see. You may have already heard the big news of the year of the. Oh, here we go. You may have already heard the big news of the year of the decade. Maybe Nolan Swift is for now hanging up the helmet. The 10 pins car, however, will return tonight with Bob Stelter at the wheel. So, yeah, that was when it was the first time Nolan tried to quit. The 04 will be piloted by either Lou Dabrowski Jim Cheney or Warren Conium. Now that that's interesting to me because uh, we know that eventually that it was Conium and, but we also know Jim Cheney drove it later, took over for Conium. Well, I think who was, there was a, who was the driver between him? Was it Winks for a while? And then Cheney, I think it was, that was like four years later or something. Um, the Holinsky number 19 will be absent a few weeks as the Holinskys are quite busy building super modified frames. So expect to see more cars around like the 19, the 66 and the future, future Johnny Casey number 88. Next, it wouldn't have been much of a race last Saturday if Norm Macrath had stayed in. He would have ran away with it. What do you think, Norm? Couldn't you have bought about five fuel bladders with the feature win money last week? <laughs> Good job, Ivor. Um, so obviously Norm had a fuel problem of some sort, I guess. Um, one happy man last Saturday night was car owner of the Flying Five at Bally. He's been trying for 12 years to win one in Oswego and has spent tens of thousands of dollars and lost one driver. We were real happy to see him win. Um, what was that driver's name? I don't remember the name. I, I remember knowing about it. It was in the, I think it was in the late 60s. I think Bentley drove for him in the 60s at some point, a race or two at a Swigo or whatever. And um, I think maybe even McLaren did at one point earlier than this too. But I can't remember who the driver was. I'm sure somebody will that um, lost his life in the car. I think it was at a Swigo too, but I'm not sure. Um, Where's Gibson, Ivor asks, nursing an ailing Flintstone Flyer. He's been having all kinds of engine problems. Right now, he's got a 305 CI Chevy 
Not big enough for the big O. I'm sure we'll see him again when he gets a new, a big new mill. Okay, that would be a motor, I guess. <laughs> in talking with Ernie June, we learned that the engine in the 59 is six years old. Jimmy Winks finished fifth in, in that car the week previous to this column with a motor that was six years old. It was one of the first 427 Chevys in the Northeast. Holy cow. Now there's history for you right there. Man, what a survival record. Better get the guy's phone number, Todd. I assume he means Gibson. <laughs> we hear that Jack Conley is getting ready to go racing once again, so hang on to your hats. <laughs> Ivor was a bit of a uh, jokester. Um, let's see. His predictions for that week, um, which would have been the week after McLaren won. One Macrith, two Champagne, three Andrews, four McLaren, five Sire. So, so there you have it. Uh, for those of you who don't know, this is not a spoiler. It's out there. I've said it before. Ivor was George Caruso Jr. Thank you, George. You provided us with a lot of entertainment uh, back in those days. <clears throat> uh, meet the mechanic, Jim DeLucia. Um, you know what? I wasn't going to read this, but I will. Why not? Um, one of the more knowledgeable mechanics working on these very elite super modifieds is Jim DeLucia. Head mechanic on the Salve Automotive Special Car 40. Jim and his wife, Judy, live in Salve, New York with their three children, Janice, 10, Jimmy, 8, and Julie, 3. That's their ages, by the way. Uh, during the week, Jim is employed as a tool and die maker at Poss and Seymour in Salve. Back in 1959, Jim started drag racing at the Jackson Speedway in Savannah. He guided his own small block Chevy to numerous top place finishes and many awards. Jim owned all his dragsters until 1964 when he teamed with John Pallotta, current owner of the 04, and they put together an A-altered dragster. Not sure exactly what that is. I've heard that phrase, though, altered, before. Um, went to the, there's a drag strip, where is it, in Cicero or Brewerton? Went somewhere up there. Went there a couple times, and I heard people talk about altered. I'm not sure what that means, um, but I'm sure some of you will know. They traveled all over the country as well as Canada and did a very respectable job. In 1965, they teamed again and had another fine season. From 1966 until 1968, Jim and John came to Oswego and helped to push the cars off with their rig from Salve Automotive. But the racing bug bit hard, and in 1969, they decided to become more involved with supermodified racing. Midway through the 69 season, John purchased the Kenny Bartholomew Car 44, and placed young but talented Bobby Stelter behind the wheel. Now, this is kind of interesting, um, but we'll get, we'll get to that in a minute, why I said that. Jim continued his association with John and aided him considerably. The power plant in the 04 came from the A-altered dragster, oh, wow, which was a 381 Chevy small block. Ever since their start in supermodified racing, the team of Bob Stelter and the Salve Automotive Carl 04 have been one of the top participants at Oswego. This year, they're starting out with the same familiar upright. That was the woodshed car. Um, called it the woodshed. But currently under construction is an all-new Roadster car, Ford. That's the one that came out with Lou Dabrowski and then Conium, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Jim figures the car might be ready midway through the season. They began building the new car in January, and it should look something similar to the old Lou Dabrowski car 85. Work, though, continues at a feverish pace each week. On the present 04, Jim claims about 20 to 25 hours a week are devoted to the Super. Other crew members contributing their time and talent. 
Lou Dabrowski, Skip Carden, and Bill and Jim Stelter. Jim claims, I enjoy working on the car. Racing is part of my life. Another man who's helped considerably is Irish Jack Murphy, where much of the work on the car has been done at his Liverpool speed shop. I didn't know that either. With all their devotion and hard work in placing a super modify on the racing surface here at Oswego Speedway, we'd like to wish the entire team at Salve Automotive the very best of luck in the future here at Oswego. They won several times uh, with Coney M and Cheney. Um, and uh, gosh, and Stelter came back later. Um, I think early 80s, 80, 81, 82, somewhere in there. Um, right after the offset cars started coming in. I think the first offset they built was was the one Bobby ran. And some cool pictures in here. I won't go through the entire program because we'd be here another um, 45 minutes, but um, some nice shots. Uh, always love the, the pictures and um, you know, it, it, looking at some of the cars, I mean, the I always thought Bodine's or engine car looked cool. And uh, oh, there's um, okay. Well, this is interesting. So here's a picture of the back end. This was a sprint car that Rob McLeod drove. There's a picture of the back end of it um, with uh, McLaren and Sire going up into the second and third grooves to go buy them um, as they were apparently lapping them. But um, yeah, Ronnie had a sprint car there. Maybe some of you can tell me more about that in the comments or whatever. Um, Baldy Baker hit the wall during the heat race. Not good. Ronnie Madison, um, heavy damage to his car 80, which, by the way, was the old Swift, um, the the car that the, the upper the the car that uh, was Swift's modified that he pulled the body off of. That was um, Ronnie's first car, and uh, Freddie Freddie Graves also had a huge impact with the 37 car after. Uh, oh, he was in the same wreck that Madison was in. Um, so, oh, here's an article on Nolan Swift. Uh, you know what? Uh, I'll go ahead and read this. Nolan Swift, he calls it a career. Um, Nolan Swift, a man f- for more than a generation, became a legend of auto racing in the northeastern United States by winning major events wherever he raced. A man who pioneered development and added amply to the growth of the sport has announced his retirement from active competition. For 21 years, the last half in supermodified racing, Swift and his famous 10-pins cars dominated the sport, winning a Swiggo Speedway's prestige-laden International Classic five times. Little did they know when they wrote this, there was a sixth one coming. Um, no other driver has ever repeated a victory in this rich event. He also became an eight-time track champion in a Swiggo, despite the intense competition of younger drivers trying to make it to the top. Additionally, Swift has made a grand slam of classic supermodified events by winning those at Sandusky, Ohio, Delaware, Ontario, and Pocono, Pennsylvania. Who remembers when they actually ran the supers at Pocono? I don't think they ever ran the the big track. I know the modifieds did. If I remember right, I think there was, was it a half mile that the supers ran? And it was, if if, if I remember, if I have my story straight here, um... It was treacherous. There were some serious injuries at that track. Um, And I think that's why they stopped running it. Um, After starting racing at 27, wow, that's late. Nolan became New York State NASCAR champion the following year. And so he was actually a NASCAR champion. I didn't know that. Wow. Put him in the NASCAR Hall of Fame for crying out loud. In the late 1950s, he drove to victory three years in succession in the Stock Car Labor Day Classic at the New York State Fairgrounds. 
His feature event wins are nearly uncountable. It is estimated that he sat in the winner's circle more than 250 times in his illustrious career. For the old gray fox, the decision to quit driving was not a spur-of-the-moment thing. He has been contemplating retirement ever since last season's end. Where do you go from here, he said recently. I've done just about everything there is in Supermodifieds. I'm getting older, and it's getting harder for me to get up mentally for each season. You know it's not easy to do, but sometime you got to think about retiring. Last winter, as he and Billy Wright built the new 10 pins, he felt that he would prove the car in the early season and then turn it over to another driver he had in mind. But his decision was hastened when four weeks ago he received internal injuries as a result of an accident in Swiggo's first turn during the heat race. His health is still as sound as a dollar, but now he's on the mend. If I remember right, I think it was a back injury, and I don't remember the accident. I don't know what happened there, but um, faced with the knowledge of a summer-long recovery and a $10,000 race car sitting idle, he decided to turn over the driving to Bobby Stilton. That's why I said the irony of um, Stelter being mentioned in the article with Solvay because he ran that car and then I think went from that car to the 10 pins and um and got a shot so the Solvay car basically gave him his his shot uh at uh at driving swifty's car i think bobby can do the job he says he has a lot of ability that he, he has never been able to show before it will take him a time to get used to the car but i think we can win some races interesting um re- <laughs> recently while talking about retirement he start he stated firmly I know I'm still capable of racing and winning, but if I keep on, the only thing I'm going to get is banged up, and there's no sense in that. But this is not to say I won't get back into the car if we have a problem with it so I can try to sort it out. It is a measure of the man that in 21 years of race competition, two and sometimes three nights a week, he was never seriously hurt or suffered a broken bone until apparently um, that year. His two worst accidents were last month's and in 1965 when he flipped wildly over the third turn wall at a Swiggo. Uh, and in that accident, he was only bruised. Now, that, I think, was the uh, controversial accident with Todd Gibson. Um, and there are some who would say there was no controversy about it. Um, but I'll just <laughs> I'll just let that one go. It also speaks for the truly excellent design and safety features that Swift's almost lifelong friend Bill Wright built into every race car that Swift ever drove. For it was Wright, a Syracuse University graduate engineer who has never received his just recognition, that designed and built the special tools necessary to construct a championship-winning car. For their creations over the years have been copied and imitated, but seldom ever duplicated. Now, if that doesn't sound like World of Outlaws... (laughs) sprint car vernacular to 30 40 years 50 years later i don't know what does that's a bit of sales uh wording right there um but i think that's true i don't think that nolan up to that point i don't think that uh, they'd ever built a car for someone else i know they did later i think it was leon weiske if i'm not mistaken and i I think that car's been restored or is being restored. Um, Love to see it come out. But um, 
Okay, back to the back to the piece. The monument to their greatest success probably was when they were dethroned in the early 1960s at Oswego when the supermodified race cars from the Midwest revolutionized the racing. In a short time, Swift was back at the top in a winning way, one that he has never relinquished. For the future, Nolan Swift says, I'm not sure just what I'm going to do. I know that there will be a few weekends that Barbara and I will have to do as we wish now. Racing has been very good to me, so I'll probably stay in it in some way for a while. Little did he know. Nolan Swift has been good to and for auto racing. Whatever he does in the future, it is sure to be a success. Nolan would um, come back out of retirement twice. Uh, well, once. Uh, twice. Because he, he replaced Bobby and then put Ronnie Wallace in the car after he won the 72 Classic. He put Ronnie in it for 73. Ronnie ran it. I don't even know, maybe half a year. Um, and he was driving it when I started going. And then Swifty got back in it, and Ronnie went over to the five. Um, and then there were there were different races that Swift had other drivers. Uh, probably the most famous one was the one that Thompson, what year, 75, maybe, I think, when Richie Evans drove it and skunked the field. Um and I think he had Winks in it in his last car once or twice. Bentley drove, I think, that car once or twice. The last one, maybe two with, with the wing somewhere. But um, nobody but Nolan ever ran at Oswego in a race with it. I know a couple guys, you know, Jimmy used to, he would have Jimmy hot lap his cars, you know, a number of times. Jimmy was out in one of the Swift cars just for warm-ups to help him with it. And... Uh, I know he did the last one. I think Winksy did as well once. And Nolan had um, ideas on suspension and things that, that, you know, it seemed like others just didn't necessarily care for or whatever. But, um, you know, it uh, it, it was always interesting. And and I always kind of hated the way Nolan went out because, you know, he went out with a blown motor. I think it was a Port City, 78. Um and, you know, it was just a sad to me that it somebody that that was I mean, he built the track. Nolan built it. Jimmy remodeled it. You know, um, you can go on and on from there. But Nolan was the first he was he was the first uh, marquee name. And um, and Jimmy was was the student at that time who learned very well from the teacher and they were great friends. But uh, just you always you just always think that there's a better way. You know, and it felt like there wasn't any, you know, there was no retirement tour. There was no um, miracle, you know, win. And then it retired. That's what Nolan did the first time. I think he won the 71 Classic and said, that's it. I'm done. And then, you know, when he actually stopped for the last time, it was basically um, kind of anticlimactic. And I never I honestly thought that. The track should have done something for Nolan long before anyone did, quite honestly. that I'm not disrespecting anybody, but I just just always seemed to me that uh, Nolan should have had, you know, a grandstand or something. I mean, you know, something named after him because, gosh, I mean, him and Jimmy, really. Um, you can talk about Bentley and, you know, Furlong and Otto and all the rest, but Nolan and Jimmy were really the two that put that track on the map and, um, and really were to me, the two 
most impactive racers that ever ever raced there um and gosh uh wow and then again just to think this was 50 years ago um it's really uh it's pretty incredible uh, one of the other things that i used to like about these programs is you don't say they used to do a thing called you don't say and, and what it was was they'd put a picture candid shot of a driver or a couple drivers talking or whatever and make up captions and some of them some of them were funny some of them weren't but so here's this week's a picture of uh baldy baker and freddie graves freddie looks like he's 15 in the shot <laughs> um says fred graves well baldy i'll tell you you've got to have years of driving experience before you can win into swiggle but you keep it up and someday you might beat me <laughs> freddie was about what probably 30 40 years younger than baldy says brian osgood to a crew man oh no no that's brian in the in the jacket he's uh with jimmy champagne and jimmy's laughing says brian osgood come on jim you can tell me where you hid norm's black flag um says bernie grant to ed bellinger this would be uh senior uh and i don't know who the other driver is that he's with it's not eddie jr um bernie grant to ed bellinger say ed swift is looking for a driver he can train to wheel the 10 pins are you interested now how interesting with that a bit to see eddie bellinger senior in the car Oh, and here we go. The cover boy, Jack Murphy's in it, says Jack Murphy to his car owner, Roy Murphy. That was always funny to me, too. They were no relation. But look, all you've got to do is get me in a heat race with no other cars, and we're bound to win one. <laughs> Poor Jack had a terrible time. That car just never um, never did work real well. Uh, we'll go through the point standings real quick here. Um, as we close this out, we've gone way over time from what I wanted to. But again, if you guys like this, I'm happy to to do more of this. I think it's kind of fun to to think back and look back. Um, the point standings as of, we'll just say about week six and 72, Baldy Baker was leading 284 by just a point over Don McLaren. Jimmy Champagne was third, 242. Freddie Graves fourth with 188. And Norm Mackrath in the 40 was fifth with 151. Kempton Dates, Jim Cheney, Doug Sire, Bob Stelter, and Ali Silva in the 0-3. Rounded out the top 10. Now, I'm going to guess that that 0-3 would have been that upright 0. Golly, what? who? Uh, I don't remember the owner. That's awful. Um But it was, it was, I'm sure those of you around will remember that car. Uh, probably with a number change. Who would have been the zero, though? Oh, Todd Gibson, that's why. Um, so he was 10th. Ollie was 10th in the points at that point. Jeff Bodine, 11th. Bernie Grant, 12th. Kenny Andrews, 13th. Jimmy Winks, 14th. Bruce Kraft, 15th. Ronnie Madison, Tom Rose, Jim Gray, Dale Preckham, and Todd Gibson rounded out the top 20. And I'll just read the rest of the names. Denny Wheeler, Russ Gray. Oh, wow. Um, Russell was in an 85 car. I don't know. Um, what that would have been Harold Brown in the 79 Jack Murphy in the 13 Shamrock 13. Um, I always loved the car. I love the green Shamrock 13. I always loved the car. I just, it just never got going that fast. I don't know if it was the four motor or what the deal was, but, uh, I don't remember it, uh, really ever running all that well. Um, Bill Rouse, the 24 race sand in the 16, Bob Seelman, the 74, Nick Rowe in the 12. There's a name from up in Michigan, uh gosh, Claire Trier Well Trier Weller 
and I forgot the other gentleman's name, but I think there were two that, that owned that car together or one was the crew chief. Can't remember. Um, let's see. Sam Kristen, the 30 Jim will do the 23 George Boston at 33 car. I still don't know what that would have been. Maybe again, maybe somebody can clue us in Ron McLeod in the, now that we know what it is, sprint car number 91, Ken Bartholomew in the 71, Ronnie Buckner in the 36. I forgot he even drove, but, um, he was his own first driver, I think. And then uh, he decided to stop and again put Stelter in the car. And I think that, gosh, when did that, um, that may have been after he got out of the Swift car, actually. So we might have just tied in like a year or two of racing history today. Uh, Leon, Leon Barnhart. Wow, not used to hearing Red's real first name. Um, Leon Barnhart in the 66, Ralph Dents in the 67, Paul Baumhauer in the 62. Paul was... Gosh, I don't even know what car that would have been. He, um, if I remember right, didn't Baumhauer drive for Kenny Reese at one point a year or two later? Wasn't he the first driver of the double zero before Jimmy Gray got in it? Am I dreaming that? Um, I think it's the same guy. Um, let's see. Where did I leave off here? We only got a few more. John Burkholder in the one. I don't remember him at all. Um, Dom Mucho, the 77. I definitely remember him. Oh, um, sad ending there. John Clapham in the nine, Bruno Marchison in the 14, Mark Letcher in the 29. There he is. I was wondering if we were going to get to Mark. I didn't think that uh, he didn't miss too many races at Oswego, if I remember right. I think he was always driving something. Ronnie Wallace in the nine, and Bill, Bill Crosby? Bill Crosby in the 25? That's another one I don't remember. Um, then there's an article on Jack Murphy. Um, Shoot, we've been this long. I might as well go ahead and finish it out. This is the back of the book. Uh, if you're if you're still with me, um, thank you. You are committed. Um, one of our racing's pioneers here in the central New York area is a man with a record behind him that's envied by hundreds of drivers that know him. He's a former Oswego track champion and international classic winner. He won the New York State Fair Stock Car Championship. He set several outstanding records at tracks all over the country. He's won a countless amount of feature races in his long and illustrious career and still today is going as strong as ever. Naturally, we speak of the ever-popular Irish Jack Murphy of Liverpool, New York. Jack and his very lovely wife, Dolores, have two children, John Jr., 12, and Lori, 5. Jack was a very active individual when going to high school at Liverpool. He competed in several different sports and was outstanding in each. When Jack graduated from high school, he went into a semi-professional, now I didn't know this, semi-professional football league playing center and guard. Shooting, he probably played for the USFL today. That's starting up in another month. Um, they Somebody dug that league back up. The league, the league kept him really moving as the team traveled all over the country, taking on new opponents. Soon after, the war set in, and Jack enlisted in the Navy for two years. I did not know that either, and spent a lot of time around Pearl Harbor. Jack, God bless you for your service. When returning home, he was involved in construction work. Today, Jack owns his own speed shop, Liverpool Speed and Machine Shop, located in his hometown. Um, didn't he also? Didn't he own a restaurant? When there a when there a he owned what, they, what was it wasn't it Murph, murphy's trackside or something uh later on i guess um so he actually started with a speed shop okay when jack was asked how he got his start in auto racing he said i went to burton speedway one night and it looked like a lot of fun in a few weeks i had my own car that was in 1949 wow 
And ever since that time, Jack has been one of the finest pilots around the Empire State Ovals. He's won just about every major race in the Northeast and has set the pace with new ideas and transformed them into winners. Probably one of the best qualities that Jack holds is his fine personality, always a favorite with the fans wherever he may go. The 44-year-old speedster says there was not any great moment that one great there was not any one great moment that stood out over the rest but many many fine moments in his racing career jack's favorite color is green <laughs> i guess that worked perfectly for the ride he had that year while his favorite television show is hogan's heroes i kind of remember that show his favorite dish is filet mignon with his most popular drink while socializing being BV and 7-Up. No idea what BV was, but I'm sure some of you do. Jack claims that racing is something a person has to enjoy or else he wouldn't be doing it. He adds, all the greater events in my life have come through the racetrack. Jack's ride for the 1972 season is the green and white car 13 owned by Roy Murphy of Syracuse. Roy built the car during the 71 season along with crew members Chuck Kucharski and Bill A.J. Holt. Roy claims that there are three very understanding wives that provide them with spirit and support. I wonder if spirit has a double meaning there. <laughs> maybe, maybe it was spirit, spirits and support, uh, I'm sure at times, including his wife, Phil, which I think was short for Phyllis, I'm guessing, who serves as a janitor in the garage. The 13 is equipped with a big 427 Ford built as simple and plain as can be. It features two fuel cells and an onboard fire extinguisher. Now, I didn't know that either. Uh, by the way, Roy helped Dick Rayner put together the Rapid Rayner Car 29 that Mark Letcher drives. Didn't know that either. Irish Jack Murphy has done a lot for the sport of auto racing during his career, and it's great to know that he's still very much a part of the fraternity. It's been men like him that have made racing the number one spectator sport in the country. This was, remember, this was written back in 1972. And I'm sure this great sport of ours will always reign as the greatest with men like Jack benefiting its cause. Our most sincere best wishes to Jack Murphy and all the gang with the Shamrock 13 for a fine year of racing in the Swigo Speedway. So there you have it. Um, yeah, I, I think I remember Murphy having a restaurant, and I know that he um, and... Um, his his wife were a big part of Isma for a long time too. Uh, fuel supplier, may, I guess maybe is that right? Does that sound right? Um, but they were big supporters of Isma, I remember. Um, so yeah, there you go. So I hope you enjoyed that. I mean, I, we spent uh, almost forty five minutes on that, and uh, you know, I, I hope it was interesting. Um, feel free to provide some feedback, holler, but don't hit. Uh, <laughs> And if you like it, we'll um, we'll break out some more. I know I have some other 72 programs. We'll break some of the other ones out. And um, didn't even get through all the advertisements, but I didn't want to uh, bore you with all that. But um, just fun to go back and look at some of the companies and see what you remember and all that. Um, so, again, hope you enjoyed that. Uh, something a little different to do. And, and, again, 50 years, man. Holy cow. Um, okay, what's in a number? Well, the number 92 for me. Um, usually there's one driver that is like, that's the guy, um, who would be sort of the signature for that number. This one doesn't really ring a bell for me much at all. Um, 
I want to say that at some point there was maybe a Larry Leonard and I can't, I couldn't remember. I think last week I said, I don't remember if he was 91 or 92 and I still don't. And I don't look these, these things up because it, it ruins it for me. Um, so he's either, he was either one or the other. I don't remember which, um, who else would have been 92? Um, maybe, maybe a Teresi was Eric, Eric, maybe, or Johnny, um, was one of them a 92. They had sequential numbers. I don't remember if it was 90 and 91 or 91 and 92, but I think at the end of their career, I think they had sequential numbers. And I think that was, um, I think they were tied in with Ray Graham somehow, uh, in that period of time, but I'm not sure. Um, who else? Gosh, the only other one I can think of is maybe if it was a number change, there might've been an Alexan, one of the Alexans. Cause they were both, one was I think 12 and one was 62. And I don't know if I, f- I forget which was which, um, they were from Ohio, I think. And, um, so I'm thinking maybe at some point there was a number change to a 92 for one of them. Maybe I guess the one that was 12 would have been the more likely. Um, I don't remember, uh, any other ones. So if any, again, if anyone no. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Yes, I think I do. And again, I might be wrong about this too. And I don't know why this would have just popped into my head, but wasn't who was Brian? Mike, was it Michael, Mike, Mike or Michael Herb, Brian's son? Wasn't he 92? He had bought Brian's car and I think that didn't he paint it like it had stripes. It was like a blue or a purple or something with stripes on it. Um, yeah, I, I want to say I think I remember him being 92. But again, I could be completely wrong. And I know one of you will correct me. Um, and he only raced for a short time. But um, I think I remember that he ran now. Now, why he wouldn't have run 11? I don't know. Unless he just wanted his own identity. I have no idea. But um, that's all I can come up with. I can't think of any other 92 Supers. Um, watch, somebody's running it now, and I'll get Jack Patrick Jack Patrick again. Uh, but <laughs> I can't think of anybody. <laughs> so there you go. There's what's in the number. Feel free to add to it or correct me. Um, I always like having fun because it's just uh, a reason for people to keep talking about the show and and commenting on things. And it tests all of our brains. Mine is turning to mush in a hurry. Um, so that's, we'll stop there, but I do, I want to say one more time before we close, because I mentioned it during the interview with cam Robert Metcalf is such an ardent supporter of super modifieds and the Swigo speedway and has the, 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 um, retro page, um, I think it, what is it? 50, 60, 70s, 80s or 50, 60, 70s, whatever. Um, and um, I happen to, I, I don't get on Facebook as much anymore as I used to, but I happen to see uh, see that when I was on to post something, it, it was kind of front and center in my in my immediate feed and, and uh, saw that um, he is uh, battling cancer and, um, is is just putting up a really brave fight there's a gofundme in that group page um for him they need help with uh the medical expenses and so 
would you please take some time um, to pray for Robert and um, to pray for for the Lord to um, to lift the cancer from him and 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 pray for healing and get him back on his feet and um, and if you if you can if you're able um, would you take some time to to go and and donate uh, to that to his his uh, funds again uh, it's in the uh, Oswego Speedway. Um, 60s 70s and 80s group on on facebook if you're not in that group and you're part of you know oswego and the super fraternity um just um request to join and somebody will get you in um and uh yeah if you would um if you would take some time to pray and also if you can if you have the ability just um help him out a little bit he he certainly needs it and and uh thank the world of robert he's he's done a lot with that group it really is, um, you know, wanting to, uh, he, he did a lot, like I said to Cam, he was the guy who, who did all the, that was responsible for, um, the Jim Champagne, well, not Jim Champagne drive, but, uh, Nolan Swift way, I think it is. And I think some of it's the, the Caruso brothers, something, and like there are two or three drivers there that, uh, that he, he got going and got after, um, and and had had sort of pieces of that stretch of Albany Street named in their honor, which I think is a cool deal. Um, I think um, he did something with Warren Conium too, but I can't remember what what that was. Um, but he's just a great guy, and so um, again, Robert, we're we're thinking about you. We love you, buddy. We're praying for you, um, and. Uh, just uh, hope that you get better really, really soon. Keep fighting, buddy. Um, and with that, we'll uh, close the show. Thank you to our sponsors. Um, of course, uh, Skip's Fish Fry, LaGroff's Pub, Sean Cathcart and his staff. Uh, two great places to eat in the city of Oswego. Uh, Rich Worth and JNS Paving. Uh, if you need any kind of paving work done, please uh, give Rich a call and uh, support him because he certainly does support Oswego in all kinds of supermodified racing and, uh, of course, Jeff West and the folks uh, at IPC and IndiePerformanceComposites.com. And with that, we will say uh, so long for now, and we'll be back real soon with the next Inside Groove, episode number 93. Now, that number will be something to talk about when we get there. Until then, everybody be safe and... Uh, We'll talk to you again very soon. So long. You've been listening to Inside Groove, powered by IPC Indy, creating performance parts and solutions for the automotive, aerospace, and communications industries. Find them on the web at www.ipcindy.com. Inside Groove is a Race Chaser Media production. For more exciting and passionate motorsport content, follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, and visit racechasermedia.com. The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliates, or marketing partners of Race Chaser Media. No part of this show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of Race Chaser Media. Thank you for listening.